Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. It's Monday evening. I've got a cold glass of eggnog. The smoke detectors just finished going off, but don't worry, the pizza and the jalapeno poppers aren't burned. They will be devoured in a matter of minutes as soon as I finish doing this intro. I wanted to first take the opportunity to say thank you for all of the support through the first 100 episodes of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So thank you so much for all of your support. I'm very excited for the next 100 episodes or however many the podcast ends up doing. And I'm very excited for you to be along for the ride. If there's a guest you would like me to reach out to, to have on the show, please reach out to me. Let me know if there's certain content you would like me to start doing on the podcast, whether it's more reviews or things like that. Please also let me know. I would love to be able to provide what you, the listeners want. So let's talk about this week's episode, though. We are kicking off the episode 101, the next batch of episodes with a bang. This week on the podcast, I am joined by Major League Wrestling Superstar, the Suplex Assassin, Alex Kane. I am very excited to be able to have Alex on the show, so we are going to jump right into it. Without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Alex Kane. Joining me this week, the leader of the Bumaye Fight Club. Captain. Captain. Captain of the Bumaye Fight Club, the Suplex Assassin. Alex Kane, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I feel good. My legs are a little sore, but we'll get we'll get through that. <laughs> um so I mean, I wanted to start from the beginning and just talk a little bit about growing up with you and just what it what it was like for Alex Kane growing up. What were you into as a kid? Uh, I was uh, definitely into professional wrestling. Um, me and my friends would, uh, we would do what we call front yard wrestling because we didn't have backyards in Booker. We had backyards in Booker Tone, but like most backyards had a lake in the back. So we really couldn't do much there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend had like some of like toy, like belts. Um, and he had, I think it was like forcible entry, like four or something like that. Okay. Um, I, I think Randy Orton's theme was on there. Um, and so we would, he, he made himself, he made himself his own character. Then I was just Randy Orton uh, with the intercontinental title. And we would just like put together matches and fight in my front yard. And, uh, we would get like some of the kids in the neighborhood into it sometimes. So it was, uh, a whole neighborhood ordeal. It was a lot of fun. You know, I think like every kid growing up, like did some sort of stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a, like a, Oh, it's very wholesome to look back and just think of like kids just having fun pretending to be wrestlers. Man, I wish we would have recorded it, but we never did. We never <laughs> thought about that. That could have been a goldmine footage on YouTube, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Goldmine, Alex Kane in his in, in his first ever match. <laughs> I mean, when you're a kid growing up, I mean, you must like you're what 29 right now? Yep. So, I mean, when you become a fan, that was probably like the tail end of attitude, probably like ruthless aggression, correct? Yes. Who back then really stood out to you? 
Uh, Shelton Benjamin, yeah. he stood out to me. Um, it was cool watching him go up against Triple H in those first couple matches and him beat Triple H. Um, and like for like for the longest time, I remember. I think he beat. I think it was the first match he won, and he was on the ramp, and he was like, "Yeah!" And I thought that was like what he did when he came out or whatever. Like I was, because like I would watch it, but I really wouldn't watch it. I didn't really get into watching it until I got like older. Mm-hmm. I would like see like clips and stuff um, online. Uh, as a kid, I was more interested in like the different sets that they had back then, because like every like pay per view had like its own stage and its own like little story behind it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like all the matches that happened on each of those shows like tied into you know whatever the pay per view was. And they were I feel like, I think they came they went like every like four weeks, um, so like all the pay per views were coming like like back to back to back. Um, but I would always look online and try to see like what the set looked like. Um, that's what, and then like the pyrotechnics is what also got me into it. I think one of the most memorable ones, I want to say was backlash <coughs> with like the swinging sickles. That yeah. Was the swinging forward. sickles. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was talking to court, uh, court Bauer. Um, and we were talking about like the, the different stages and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. And he was like that one of the, that one of those swinging things almost decapitated a guy. I was like, Ooh, well, I still <laughs> like it. I'm glad that guy didn't die though. <laughs> Did you, were you able to go to a lot of shows growing up? No, my parents never really had the money to go to shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the first show that I ever actually went to like live, I had, I bought my ticket and everything was like four or five years ago. Okay. Um, it was a, a SmackDown live. It was just like a house show. Um, and it was actually like a month or two before I actually started training. I was like, well, if I go to this show and I really enjoy watching it live or whatever, I'll start training. Mm-hmm. I, I think like, as every kid growing up always is like, I want to be a wrestler. I want to get involved with that. I think it's, it's funny because people look back at it and think like, along the same lines of like wanting to be an astronaut. It's always like an Mm -hmm. unachievable goal, but nobody ever says that to a kid who says, I want to be a hockey player. I want to be a basketball player, but it is a very realistic goal for someone if they put their mind to it. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like I, like I would tell people all the time, I'm going to be a professional wrestler one day. I'm going to be on TV and like, people would always be like, oh, is it, it's fake, isn't it? And as a kid, I would sit there and like, oh no, it's not. It's this, it's this, it's this. Um, and then like, as I kind of got older and I would tell like my friends and stuff or my coworkers and stuff like that, they'd always be like, yeah, I can really see you doing that. You should really pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always like a nice, like little like nudge, like get in there, kid. Mm-hmm. When you, like when you got into training, you were trained by AR Fox, correct? Yes. The highest flyer in the game recently uh, signed to AEW. Which is very, like, it's an incredible thing for him for mm-hmm. the years that he's been able to put into wrestling. Oh, most definitely. We were like, like, like a year or two before that. I mean, I've, I've, people were probably pushed for it before then, but like, I remember like starting like a hashtag. I mean, I probably didn't start it, but I would always tweet about it. Like, like the man has given so much to wrestling. Um, he's wrestled so many of the guys that are already there and he has so much to offer. Um, and all he needs is a shot. And he got that shot and he made, he made the most of that shot. <coughs> When you first went into training, what was your, like, what did you think about it? How, like your overall impressions and just the, the experience as a whole? Uh, it was difficult. Um, it was act- it's actually harder than any of the other, like, like sports that I did play- grow- I played growing up. 
um, that definitely a lot harder on your body. You're trying to like teach your body how to fall, mm-hmm. like fall backwards, like and then like having to like tuck your chin. Like I remember like the first like two or three weeks of training, like my neck was sore, like front and back. Um, your back, your back gets really sore from hitting the ropes. You, you have to hit them. You can't just like run up to them and touch them and then <laughs> and then run away. Like you really got to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely uh, it was definitely a, a a grueling experience, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Was there anyone still involved with your training that is still wrestling today? Uh, yeah, there were. I mean, Fox, of course. Um, Sean Dean, he's also in AEW. Um, I got to train with Theory a little bit, which was kind of cool. I mean, mainly when he came, it was all cardio drills, but that is what it is. That's what I made lips <laughs> on. Um, uh, Danny Jordan, she was on AEW for a little bit. Um, Ashton Starr, he's still current. Um, I think, um, I guess, of all, Lee Johnson, I, he was like my third match, my third training match on okay. the show that they do every Thursday. Um, so, yeah, I got a few, few, few good names in there. Mm-hmm. You uh, obviously, I mean, because you got started a few years back, but let's talk about your first match and just your thoughts going into that. Uh, I was a nervous wreck because um, <laughs> it was it was funny enough. Like uh, my, my first like training match was against like another uh, student at practice. It was like for Fox to see if I was actually ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like my first like match on the show was against AR Fox, and this man threw everything but the kitchen sink at me. Like mm-hmm. it was. It was a heavy, it was a heavily spotty match, um, but it was fun. It made sense, even though they screwed me over at the end. They switched the finish on me. It didn't tell me tell me nothing about it. <laughs> I just I pin I hit Fox with my finisher. I pin Fox, and the referee just comes and kicks me in the face. <laughs> You're That's expecting- my trainer. I was like, okay, all right. You're expecting one thing, getting the complete opposite, and just having to roll with it. Yep, get there. That was a that was good practice. Oh, for sure. And now, I mean. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the independence because I mean, you've been able to face off with some incredible names out there and just being able to grow and learn off them. I mean, Jaden Newman, Kevin Koo, Tom Lawler as a whole, what do you feel has been some of the biggest takeaways from independent wrestling for yourself? Uh, Biggest takeaways is, and what I tell people all the time is um, uh, critiques are huge. Like they're really big, especially from guys that you respect um, guys that are in positions that you want to be in. Um, and being able to have, you know, a booker um, or a promoter, like put faith in you. And because like when I started, um, when I actually started wrestling on the, the show that I wrestle on the most in Georgia, which is action wrestling. Um, sorry, uh, Matt Griffin is the promoter there. And he were, like he was really impressed with me from my future showcase uh, performance. And he was like, yo, give me a give me a list of names of guys that you want to wrestle. So I gave him, a, gave him like this long ass list or whatever. And he he was able to get a few of them in um, being able to wrestle guys that like that were at a higher caliber than I was at the time mm-hmm. allowed me to really learn and like and like kind of level up a lot faster than I would if I would have just been doing uh, 50 shows or whatever against guys that I weren't exactly better than I was. Like the match that made me like really realize that I um, could like do this and like really, really go far with this was when I wrestled O'Shea Edwards Mm -hmm. um, because he's essentially a larger version of me Mm -hmm. um, character wise. 
um, and style wise. So um, that match really like opened my eyes. Like I'm like, I'm really made for this. I actually had that on my notes to talk about because I am a huge, from the first moment I met O'Shea and got a chance to talk to him, uh, he came up to Winnipeg for a show and just sitting around and hearing him talk about wrestling, he was such, first off, he's such a positive guy. And then second, he has such a great mind for wrestling and seeing you two in the ring together, it was such a fantastic showcase for you both. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, he re- he reminds me so much of my twin brother. It's kind of crazy. I tell him that all the time. Um, like like mannerisms, just the way that they speak, the way that they move about life. Um, they remind me so much of each other. Um, and he really has become like a brother, like a real friend to me and a mentor. Um, so I'm definitely thankful for having him, having met him, having wrestled him, and having him in my life. Now the match is up on YouTube and I'm, I will include a a post to it after this comes out, because I think everyone should check it out. There is a spot in that match where you hit a gut wrench power bomb on him Mm -hmm. that if anyone's seen O'Shea, he is a big guy. And for you to to get him up, that is some serious business. Man, I, in that very moment, I was like, I can't get my hands clasped all the way <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, well, we're going to lift anyway and see what happens. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. But I was like, why are you so large, dude? Damn. <laughs> Suck it in. The, the core strength you have. And I mean, I've seen up on your Instagram and stuff, like you put in some serious work at the gym. Uh, I've, that's the stuff that I've been posting on uh, Instagram lately. It's like what I've started doing lately, um, which is like more of like the Olympic lifting and stuff. Um, I figured that if I'm going to be throwing people around, I should be throwing weights around. Um, and it's really, it's really helped me like really change my body and change my physique and, uh, change, um, like, uh, my, I guess, ability to work in the ring and stuff. It's really helped my athleticism and my cardio and all that. Um, and it's just fun to do. Mm-hmm. when did you first get involved with like weight training uh i want to say when i was in like seventh grade like we like my dad had some weights in the basement so i was always messed with those um but like seriously like weight training like uh like ninth grade we had to like work out for football and wrestling and stuff like that so that's when i really started to like really lift weights um and then like i turned that up to another level um when i started uh, when I started wrestling, when I met my wife, because um, mm-hmm. she's a power lifter. Um, so she was able to like help me like figure out like how to eat and like what to actually do. Because um, like, I mean, I had a pretty good handle on it or whatever, but like I wasn't putting on the size that I wanted to put on because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't eating. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny when you first get involved with like weight training and stuff, like there's so many misconceptions about what you need to do to like fuel your body properly and to be able to perform at that high of a level in the gym. And it's trying to find the right education and doing what's right for you can be very challenging sometimes. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, um, I know like kids like nowadays, like they have like TikTok and TikTok is fucking amazing. Like being able to just like give so many like you have some out there fitness creators and you have some out there that really have like the knowledge and that like they they know what they're talking about um and to have to ha- kind of have that at your fingertips because when i was first started out it was like all youtube stuff mm-hmm. like some of it was good but not a lot of it was good um like i like i had the notion that you know if i do uh if i do like a bunch of sit-ups or whatever i'm gonna have the greatest six-pack <laughs> on the planet or whatever 
um, without having to eat and stuff. I just thought it was just working out. If you just worked out, it didn't matter what, it didn't matter if you ate a lot or not. If you just worked out, you, you built muscle. That's mm -hmm. not how that worked. I wish I knew, I wish I knew what I knew now then. Oh, you know what? I think that's like uh, a very like good thing for like so many things that I've experienced. Like if I would have known this back then I would have been set. And that includes going to the gym. Yeah. Most deaf. When I first started, it was like, I thought that I just had to, like, I was a bigger guy. So I thought, oh, I just have to run and that's it. But then I'd run and then I just wasn't eating properly and mm -hmm. it just wasn't a good scene. So you live and learn. Yeah. Um. Now, I know I've, you know, was doing some research on you and, you know, listening to other stuff. And I, know I appreciate you, that. Hey, I know that you really dive into watching wrestling now you know like you before you used to watch you know sports or whatever but now you focus a lot on wrestling watching old stuff what do you like to like tune into what do you because i mean checking in at the ruthless aggression era you have so much back stuff to watch do you like to watch a lot of previous stuff territories or do you find you're watching more newer stuff um i watch if i I don't really like sit down and like watch any wrestling show anymore. It's kind of weird. Um, I know that sounds bad. Um, <laughs> like I'll watch like matches here and there that I, that intrigue me or that like, or maybe that I can like um, uh, grab some inspiration from. Um, but if I do sit down and watch like an old, like WWE show, um, like I I mainly watch for like the backstage segments or like the promos and stuff. Like I'll find a show that the Rock is on or whatever, and I'll just watch a bunch of his promos. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily as like studying, but just like I enjoy all of his promos, and I can watch all of them like over and over and over again because it was just such good stuff. Um, even though people give him shit for it now, uh, I don't get that. Um, yeah, I don't get that either. He's 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 the great one for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed. I like the. I guess the next step from the sets to the pyro was like all the backstage segments that would happen because, like now as a wrestler now and like looking at like kind of how like how TV is now, like the backstage segments they used to have like it gave a chance for everybody or well, not everybody, but like every but kind of everybody because the rosters the rosters seem big but they're not that big mm -hmm. but it gave a chance for everybody to be on television in some form or fashion it gave everybody a chance to tell some kind of story um and sometimes they would spill out into the ring and sometimes it would just all stay back backstage but it was just constant entertainment all night long um now every show is just focused on oh yeah we're just going to do this stuff in the ring and it's just like oh okay cool i want to see what's going on backstage now, I mean, on MLW, where you're a main focal point of the show, I mean, you do get mm -hmm. your promo time, but it's it's an hour long show. So for you, how can you use like other social medias to really get yourself out there? Um, I use TikTok a lot. I've gained a lot of fans on TikTok. Um, some people I've learned that some people know who I am that I wouldn't have thought to know who I am. Um and it's it's a really really cool experience to be able to like connect with those people because I know like some wrestlers like they get to a certain level and I'm not saying that I'm at a high level or anything like that I mean I am but not yeah. at like a super super high level but like um, to to be able to like interact with them or whatever and be like myself there or whatever and um, 
just kind of just like be a dude on social media. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of wrestlers, they get into their mindset where like, oh, I'm bigger than these people are. But these people like pay money and buy your merchandise and watch your matches and do all this. They support you. Um, so just to be able to kind of be in the thick of it with them and join in on discussions and stuff like that. And sometimes give people a reality check on what professional wrestling actually is. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um but yeah just to be able to because like i just try to be as authentic as possible um and i feel like that's helped me a lot with like gaining more and more fans and like they see okay this dude's like this on tiktok but he's also like this on tv so it's like it kind of everything just kind of bridges together Mm -hmm. um and people can like really like relate Now, I mean, I mentioned MLW and I like, I remember when they first started back in the early 2000s, they kind of took a time off. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, like people aren't doing much and I was trying to find more wrestling to watch. So I queued up MLW, started watching their empty arena shows. And then all of a sudden I see the draft and you were announced as one of the big picks for that. And Mm -hmm. I I wasn't too familiar with you, but right away. your presence a lot of people weren't like when like when they announced it like i had like several comments under like who 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 and i was like i'm fucking alex king bitch like go googles go get the googles or the youtubes or something bro but you came in and like you're from the get-go like you made your presence known and i think that is huge man that's what i try to do man like you can't like To be put in the position that I was and to have like the entire company behind me and pushing me, like I couldn't like let them down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also couldn't let myself down. Um, And, you know, to be invested in by a company, not because like a lot of guys just get signed and they're just signed. Like, cool, great, awesome. You're making your money and all that's good. But like, you always want more, but to be signed and then to be invested in is something so much bigger. So like, um, like when I walked out on the stage for my debut, um, not the battle ride, but like my actual like singles debut um, against Bud Heavy, like I was like, bro, like I thought I was going to be like really, really nervous. Um, and I was definitely nervous, like leading up to it, but like when I heard, when the music hit and I walked through the curtain, I'm on stage, I felt like I was at home. Like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is the stage I'm supposed to be on. Um, and like, and once I, once I felt that, I was like, okay, it's time to deliver. Let's go have some fun. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean. Like you were open, uh, the national open weight champion. You just lost to Davey Richards last week. We'll say on uh, MLW Fusion. Might be mm-hmm. two weeks by the time this airs. But you two had, have had quite the little back and forth going on for a while. And it's about to continue. I'm about to mess that man's life up. He's a hoe and a quitter. We don't like Davey Richards around here. We we really don't. So, <laughs> um, now going forward, like I know. Uh, MLW likes to tape in advance and I know mm-hmm. upcoming hopefully sooner than later we will get to see the Bumaye Fight Club against uh, the Bulldogs and Harry Smith I'm very much looking forward to that one yeah that's down the line but yeah it was, it was fun <laughs> it was fun down the line they host too they all host <laughs> now 
MLW, they've been bringing in a lot of guys from Japan. You're seeing like the Dragon's Gate, Dragon Gate guys come in and you're seeing like the interchange. Do you think we're going to see Alex Kane venture over to Japan to do some wrestling? We better see Alex Kane venture over to Japan. What's the point of bringing all these Dragon Gate dudes over and then never sending us over there? Like, I need I need somebody in management, travel, whatever, to get it together. Like, I, I'm trying to see Japan. I mean, America's cool, but I'm trying to see Japan. I mean, I can't think of someone who would fit in better in some of those Japanese shows than yourself because you bring all the tools to the game that would get over there. I appreciate that. I feel that too, though. I feel that. <laughs> um, you did wrestle in Germany not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Was that your first international venture? Uh, I mean, my first, like, like, like hop on a plane international venture. I wrestled in Mexico. Okay. Uh, we did uh we did MOW in the crash. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like first like hop on a plane and go wrestle somewhere. Yeah, it's my first hop on a plane uh wrestling venture. What was that experience like for you? Oh man, it was really, really cool. Um, like every like as far as just like like the whole experience, like everybody was really professional, everybody was really nice, um, everything was really like relaxed. Um just like the production is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, like even for like some of the smaller venues, it was still crazy. Um, the fans, I really, really enjoy the fans over there. They're really, really respectful. Um, and like they're there to be entertained and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Were you able to take in much of the scenes, the culture or anything like that out there? Yeah, I actually was. Because like most, like the trip was like, the, the trip was vacation, mm-hmm. um, but my wife was like, if you can find some bookings, not a lot, but some bookings, I'll let you <laughs> wrestle. Um, so I, I've got those, I got those three dates with uh, WXW. Um, but yeah, we went to Berlin for a week mm-hmm. um, and we saw like a bunch of like the museums, a, hol- a bunch of Holocaust museums and stuff like that. Cause I really enjoy history. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of like different foods and stuff. Um, what's the, what's the one? Uh, what's the, is it Don- Dona? Dona? Yeah, Dona. Um, it's like a fried, it's like a fried bread with like meat in it or whatever. And it's really, really good. Um, schnitzel's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another one I can't remember right now, um, but it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like bratwurst with like a ketchup sauce and fries. That's really good too. Um, I got to see like a few, like a castle. Um, I got to do a lot. I got to do a lot. Now I, I will ask because I, I never would have taken you as a history buff. Is there certain eras that you like, like learning about? Um, I, I think like right now, like the civil rights era and like, like, like learning about like black wall street and like, like, all of that, all all of that junction of horror right there mm-hmm. has been really interesting to like learn about like things that you wouldn't necessarily learn in school because in school they teach you Rosa Parks sat on a bus, Martin Luther King had a dream, um, and then everything was better. But like when you really like dig into it, like there was a lot of wild shit going on then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much of <clears throat> like the schools really. I know even looking back at stuff that I learned, it's. Like we, you never learned about residential schools when I was mm. in Kona school. You never learned about anything like that. And to, for everything to come out and you're hearing more and more just about everything that kind of gets swept under the rug, which should never be the case. 
Yeah. Um, I, a lot, I can, again, I can owe a lot of that to TikTok. Like, um, there's like so many like different like history teachers and like other history buffs that, that study this shit or whatever to make content about it, but still they study it or whatever. And they put the information out there. Um, it's been really, really helpful. I think it's been really, really helpful for my generation and Gen Z and all the other generations coming on after that, because like, again, like, well, like people always say the schools didn't teach you this, but like, of course they didn't teach you this. They don't want you to know this. Mm -hmm. They they want to sweep some of the rug. So to have it there at your fingertips is really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask about the, I know it's the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. It's, you know, it is what it is, but I think it can also be used as a way to recognize those that have you know, come a long way and made the improvements. And I mean, you went from 414 to 86 in a year. Which is nuts. That is honestly. Huge. Well, honestly, before it came out, I didn't think I was going to be on there. I mean, I had a pretty dope year, but I didn't think I was going to be on there. And I definitely didn't think I was going to be on there as high as I was. Um, and like, I don't understand people's like disdain, disdain for the Pro Wrestling 500. It's it literally tells you that there's an evaluation period. Mm-hmm. If you have a cool evaluation period, you'll probably be on the list. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that Alex Kane is number 86 in the world forever. No, someone else is going to be in the number 86 spot. And hopefully I'm higher than that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just like a way to like recognize people. And I hate, I hate when it comes out and everybody's like, oh, well, I didn't make the list. Well, like, what kind of year did you have? You didn't, like, most people who are saying that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you may have wrestled a few matches, but you didn't do anything high profile. You didn't do anything that really caught anybody's eye. So you can't be mad about the list. Like, I mean, it's it's someone it's someone's opinion mm-hmm. at that, but it shouldn't piss you off or make you mad or sour the moment for somebody who wanted to be on there and finally got on there or whatever mm-hmm. number they got on there. Like be happy for your friends and don't be, uh, uh, what's the word I can say? Uh, don't be a noodle booty. Don't be a noodle booty. <laughs> if, if you're upset about it, then, it's almost one of those things where you have to take a look at yourself and be like, okay, well, they're doing that. They're getting, they're moving up on the list. What do I need to do so that I'm in that same spot? Yeah, exactly. I tell guys all like when I first started, like on my come up, like the game has been figured out. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get booked. Like even for me now in the position that I'm in, sometimes it's hard to get booked, but like, you work place. You try to work those places that have eyes on them. That's mm-hmm. where you go. Whether you you pay your dues, you do whatever, you set up the ring, all that stuff or whatever, you get your chance or whatever. But then eyes are able to get on you, and then you can start making that ascension to wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like um, the school that I trained, the school that I trained at the WWE for, those kids, those trainees, they are on the road every weekend, especially if it's the GCW weekend, and they'll show up. I don't know if they get paid or not. I hope that they do get paid, but they'll be un- they'll be in those GCW scramble and you know a lot of them have made names for themselves extremely quickly like Rico Gonzalez you'll know about him in a year or or so or maybe you know about him now um but that that kid right there is going to be something one because he puts in the work he applies pressure like he always says um and he listens like a lot of young guys don't want to listen to words of reason everybody just wants to do 
um, what they want to do. And like, I mean, wrestling's an art form, sure. Um, but like, um, there's, I won't, I won't say there's a right way to do it, but there's always a better way to do something to get mm-hmm. over more, over better or over easier. Um, and like a lot of guys think, oh, I got to go out here and I got to do a thousand moves or whatever. And that's going to make the crowd love me. And it's not, it's not, it may look cool. You may get a couple oohs and ahs, but like <clears throat> that doesn't get the crowd invested in you as a character. Mm-hmm. Like you got to tell a story and storytelling isn't hard. You watch it in Marvel movies all the time. Movies and wrestling matches are so similar. It's insane. Mm -hmm. My wife now only, she watches movies and TV shows in like a wrestling structure format because they're kind of the same. You got your shine. You got your heat. The the bad guy in the movie or the show cuts the baby face off, which would be the main character most of the time mm-hmm. or whatever. You're in a long heat, however long that heat as heat lasts. You may have a false comeback. Then you actually have a comeback. And then you have a finish, which would be the end of the movie. I mean, you could take the Avengers movie and exactly it's like half a dozen different of the main wrestling storylines that have happened over <clears> the years, <throat> almost identical, you know, just mm-hmm. no Thanos with a glove, but yeah. the same it's the same gist. Well, Roman Reigns is kind of Thanos at this point. Right now he almost is. <laughs> I, I I will give him credit. They've fully got me invested back in everything they're doing with the honorary Uso stuff. So that's that is gold (laughs) um i like to ask everyone that i have as a guest on the show for a match recommendation one that you are a fan of that you think the listeners should go watch uh if i believe it is uh brock rollins and cena um it's something i recently watched uh for preparation for a match um but yeah brock uh cena and rollins i think it's like Royal Rumble, I think it's Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember what year, but that match is masterful. Oh. That match is that match is just great. Uh, in one of my wrestling group chats, we were talking about like favorite WWF matches, and that is one of my top fives. I love it. The man, the match is amazing. Like Brock, Brock does what Brock does best, or whatever. And the boat and Cena and Rollins are in there just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know, like a, a lot of people, like shit on Cena because he hits the AA. Like, uh, what he, he probably hit hit it like seven times. But like, my view on finishing moves is not that. Oh, you hit this m- move at any point in the match, the match should be over. Like, no, that's stupid. But, uh, if we think, I think of wrestling more of like a video game, mm-hmm. like No Mercy kind of. Yeah. Um, you could get your fit. You could probably hit your finisher early on in the match, but that guy's still going to kick out at like two or whatever. But like. Mm-hmm the damage has been done and now you just have to keep working on to getting that person's life bar down or whatever to a point where maybe you can hit it again mm-hmm. um, and they're down for two. But like, then you also have to take into account the strength of each character. Brock Lesnar's a really strong character. He's been built up as a really, really strong character. So one, one finisher from a guy, uh, Cena's not half his size, but like he's not as big as Brock Lesnar, yeah. or, or Rollins is not big as as big as Brock Lesnar. It's going to take a few more of those uh, bombs, as you mm-hmm. could as you could call them, uh, to put Brock Lesnar down. Like it would be stupid if John Cena should hit one and it was all over. And then I love that like uh, 
Brock Lesnar would just be spamming his own, spamming, his, spamming the F5 or whatever, just hitting dudes with it, yeah. not covering them, not covering them. Nah, I'm just gonna hit you with it just to hurt you, so I can, so I can breathe for a second. Um, um, and then like the way that they kind of, they kind of like stacked finishers on Brock at that one point or whatever to really give it that, that, that feeling that okay, Brock might actually be done. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of AAs, a bunch of curb stomps, like this should be it with the finish finishing move at all like, it goes along with storytelling you know like because mm-hmm. you know it's i remember growing up a, a guy and i would be like well why are they attempting a pin you know if they haven't you know it's like well you think that he's there that you find out he's not you keep going you know it's one of mm-hmm. those things and it's like you just have to almost give it that little bit of thought of like okay there's a story they're telling let's see what they're going to do yeah exactly it's all storytelling like um, I know, like, even guys in the indies now, they'll be like, oh, I don't want to bury my finisher. Like, shut up. Nobody, <laughs> these people in this crowd, they probably don't even know what the move is. They, unless they've seen you a, f- a few times or whatever, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. If it looks impactful and, like, they, it's, it looks like the damage has been done, some things have happened, you're selling how you need to sell or whatever, like, they'll buy anything as a finish. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I know that wrestling is a big part of your life, but like in your downtime, what do you like to do just to relax? Uh, I've I've been shows with my wife or right now. Well, before this, we were watching The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Um, We're on like season six. It's insane. Um, But uh, I would. I used to play video games more, and I, I, I I'm just trying to find something that I, like I can like sink my teeth into and enjoy. Mm-hmm. I just got done playing um, uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. It was on the 360, um, but at the time it it made me nervous for some reason. But like now I can play it and be fine. It was weird because it's like there's never like any light. There's no daytime. Okay. It's all at night, and you got these blood dragons running around that shoot beans out of their mouth. Um, and it's, it's just wild. Um, but th- I really, really enjoyed that. Um, uh, I, before that, I was playing Hitman. I played all three. Hitman is really just a fun game to just play through over and over and over again. And just find new ways to assassinate people. Um, and then if I'm not doing that, uh, I won't call it gym downtime because that's that's work at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I scroll through TikTok. Yeah, I, if, if, if I have any downtime, I'm probably on. <laughs> it's one of the, like even <clears throat> when I'm walking on the treadmill at the end of my workout, it's just like I queue up TikTok and I'm just scrolling through that. It's just, just one of those scrolling through, <laughs> see what you can find and laugh at. Yeah, exactly. Um, for those listening, if uh, they're not already following you on social media or if you have anything to plug, uh, here's your chance. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Alice underscore Kane 11. I know Twitter may be going under. Hopefully it doesn't because yeah. I'm not trying to build up another following on another app. Um, but if, if it does come to that, follow me on Hive. Um, hopefully people can find me. Some people can find me. Some people can't. Um, follow me at the Suplex Assassin on Instagram, the Suplex Assassin on TikTok. Um, don't find me on Facebook. I already have enough friend requests. And a lot of those friend requests, I don't know why they're actually there because I've never seen those people before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, brainbustertees.com I've merged there um, and mlwshop.com uh, December 2nd uh, Tyrone, Georgia uh, it is me versus Brian Keith round two at Action Wrestling that is going to be a banger for bangers only three um, so I'm, I'm excited about that uh, what else do I have 
uh, 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 watch MLW. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing with your life? Watch it. It's it's great wrestling. It's a great product. Like, don't complain that there's that you don't like what's going on in Company A or Company B or Company C. Watch MLW. You're you're always you're always gonna you're gonna find something that you enjoy, something that you love, and you get to see me do what I do best, and let's beat people up. No, that is a hell of a promo, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, man. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Alex Kane for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely hit him up on his social media, shoot him a follow, check out his merchandise. He's got some incredible t-shirts and also watch for him versus Brian Keith, Action Wrestling. Action does a great job of putting up their uh, matches up on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's on another streaming service as well, but keep your eyes peeled for that and look look for that match because uh, Alex Kane versus Brian Keith is going to be a, a certified banger. Thank you so much to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod, up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, uh, email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. If you there's a guest or questions, comments, concerns, hit me up on there. And um, I got t-shirts for sale. 25 bucks a piece you will look very fashionable they would make a great christmas gift as well i can uh, if you're in canada i can send one to you just hit me up uh, send me a dm i'll let you know the shipping details if you're outside of canada and you want a shirt to support go to whatamaneuver.net search grainmaker wrestling podcast and you can grab a shirt off of there it's more beneficial if you're outside of canada to grab off the website cheaper shipping you don't have to worry about the exchange rate all that sort of stuff. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.